This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Friday, April 20th. It's 420 day. Oh, yeah. And just three days until the rapture. You might not even hear this episode because we could all be dead by the time this goes out. <laughs> well, we'll still be here. Or or you could be raptured up in heaven with 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 J-Rock. Nobody listening to this show is going to get <laughs> We're going to stay here and get raptured. <laughs> uh, but never fear. If you go there, Avicii may meet you on the other side. He died today. 28-year-old DJ. Uh, it's unfortunate apparently he liked to party a whole lot. And it caught up to him. They haven't released details on exactly how he died yet, but he's had a history Natural of natural causes. He, well, he was twenty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> he's had a he's had a history of partying way too hard and uh, chronic alcoholism, and yeah, I think he had his gallbladder removed and some other things a while back, and retired from touring nationally because he just couldn't hang anymore at the age of 28 because he'd partied too hard and decided he was going to start his tour again. And now he's dead people. That's terrible. But I'm Ryan Duffy. <laughs> and, and I'm your bearded ginger host. <laughs> Ryan is on his way here. Apparently he's running late from a, I don't know if he was doing video or just photo shoot for make a wish, but he's, Apparently on his way. It was so nice of them to let him finally do that. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, finally make his wish and have it realized. Yeah. Uh, So, so what have you been up to? Uh, I, I have been kind of busy. My parents that are in, uh, we talked about this before the show, but uh, in failing health, uh, are now trying to figure out a way to move closer to we three children uh, who all live in this state. Mm. And they're 1,300 miles away. So how did that happen? Your your parents used to live here in Utah, right? Uh-huh. And then they decided, fuck it, we're going to move to Minnesota? Well, no. My dad went there for a job, but we were all adults and sort of established here by then. So they left uh, following that. And then- we stayed here, so, mm. um, but all that's over now. So, you know, he's been retired for a while and stuff, but yeah. So I'm just trying to figure out how exactly I'm going to be able to help him do all that and fund it and everything. It's weird because your parents are older than my grandparents. I think mm, that could be my, let's see. I think my Sweet little LDS grandmother is like 78, something like No, she's not even that. She's she's early to mid 70s, I think. My parents are 71. Yeah. So I so she's probably just a touch older, but not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's that's too bad, but they're going to be moving back here then. Depends on if I can do it or not. 
Yeah. Yeah. If you can help them move. Or- yeah. If I can get the time off that I need, if I can get the right, you know, get the flight out there, do the work that we need to do, sell the stuff that he needs to sell, you know, fund all of that stuff and then drive back. Do they own a home there in Minnesota? No. Okay. That'll make that easier anyway. Yeah. So it's just packing up all of their shit and moving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sucks, man. Parents getting older and having to take care of that. And I mean, you're you've got a new baby at home, so you're taking care of the baby. <laughs> you got parents now that need taking care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm. I hope that all works out. I don't envy your position at all. Oh, well, thanks. Um, also, my in-laws have st- started a challenge, a family challenge that I'm a par- part of the uh, text thread for. Oh, boy. Which is 75 days to listen to all of Russell Nelson's general conference talks. Uh, wait, did, is this, what, do they hate the family? Is this? I guess so. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually thought about doing it. Just because one, nobody would ever expect me to do it. Yeah. Um, and two, because if they, I mean, knowing what they know about me, you know, having had a couple, at least a couple occasions of discussions about it in the hospital, turning down blessings and so on and so forth, to include me in a list like that is to invite uh, my analysis slash questions about the content, you know? Because yeah, I would say so. Yeah, like if you don't want to know what I think about it, then don't ask me to think about it. Right. Don't don't include me in this kind of stuff. Do they? So they know you're not active in the church. Do they know that you're an atheist? Um, I'm pretty sure. I mean, at, at least a good portion of her family knows. I, as for her mom, exactly, I don't know, but they might just think I'm anti-Mormon. I don't know, but cause that's a big, that's a big LDS thing. Oh, oh yeah. He's just anti-Mormon. Yeah. If you're, if you're not active in the church or any other church, then you're anti-Mormon for sure. Especially if you were previously active and now you're not mm-hmm. and you ever say anything bad. Well, you're just anti-Mormon. You're just, yeah. you got, who hurt you? <laughs> who hurt you? Who made you so sad and angry? Yeah. That's well, that's passive aggressive too, right? Because if they know you're not active. Some of them know that you don't believe in an invisible sky wizard. And so, yeah, to include you, that's that's really passive aggressive, I think, and kind of shitty. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, obviously it's, it's well-intended. It's, it's just coming from a place that is, I'm a hundred percent right. And so. The more people I can get onto my side, then obviously that's better because I'm totally right. You know, that's, <laughs> that's where it's coming from. So it's like, it, it's condescending in that way where it's like, well, it doesn't really, it doesn't really, I mean, I know that we have a difference of, of opinion, but that doesn't matter because you know what I mean? Like there's, there's a little bit of that in there too, which is, yeah. I don't know, which is why I was thinking, well, maybe I should just fucking do it. And then, cause Right when she, right when it was, the message was first sent, there was like this one upsmanship going on about like one of them was like, oh, I'll have a half page summary of every talk or whatever. Cause one of them was like, well, cause he was like, so her father-in-law was like, anyway, everyone who does this gets a steak dinner on June, whatever. And so then someone's like, oh, I have a half page summary. 
And then yeah. somebody, and then somebody else was like, I'm going to go there dressed as president Nelson. And then Danielle's brother's like, all right, I'm out. This sounds fucking weird. <laughs> so, oh, good for him. Yeah. And he went on a mission and everything. So, oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Is he still active? In yeah. The yeah. He is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, he and his wife are just much more like, uh, not assholes. Well, the rest of her family isn't assholes either, but like just they're they're not, <laughs> they're not they're not they're not like very strict about it. Like they don't really give a shit if other people are like they don't feel like it's necessary to make other people do it and mm. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, yeah, so that's going on. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. So we we've missed you last week for sure. Uh I I attended the wake for Lindy. Mm. At the Sun Trap. That was yeah, a lot of fun. to hear about that. Yeah, the wake was uh, interesting. It was good to see uh, a lot of my friends and to be there to help support Connie. But we primarily hung out in the outdoor tent that was out on the patio at the Sun Trap. I love gay bars, though. They're like, they're the funnest bars to go to. I have the best time at all the gay bars. Um, So it was good to hang out with everybody. Have some drinks, think about Lindy Tell stories, that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's just a really unfortunate thing that she's dead at such an early age. And I my heart breaks for Connie. I know she's having a really hard time with all of it, but I yeah. guess that's life. And it's weird to me too, because Connie is still like still believes in a god, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, for she, yeah, she does still pretty much. She's come a long way toward being, you know, very accepting of atheists. Of course, she has a lot of atheist friends now because a lot of her friends are intelligent people and have <laughs> realized that it's all a con and a scam and is total bullshit. Um, but she's still in it for some. Ryan's here. Hey. Hi, Ryan. Dog in the room now. That's fun. Bye, Oliver. <laughs> Hi. I'll, I'll, I'll let you I, sit I, I down. made it. <laughs> I thought that was going to be a lot longer for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, we weren't sure where you were shooting, so we weren't sure if you were in Salt Lake or Oh, Alabama yeah, I was, or... I was right down on 3300. Oh. oh, yeah, not far at all. That's why I said I'm 10 minutes away. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I I must have missed that message. Uh, Yeah, so what were you out doing? Uh, Filming stuff for a little girl that's going to be dead in like two days. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. What did, what was her, it was for Make-A-Wish? It was like a Make-A-Wish type thing. And then there's also another group called uh, Mascot Miracle Foundation uh-huh. who help grant wishes to kids. And they came out and were all riding on motorcycles. and They have a genie? In. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, wow. the little girl loved sports cars, mm-hmm. exotic sports cars. So literally within 36 hours, they got 200 people to show up with Corvettes, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Porsches. Like, it made a little bit of news. The uh, Ferrari dealership in Vegas was getting ready to send up Ferraris for people to drive. Oh, wow. So, there's a shitload of people showed up. Wow. Like, we filled up three parking lots and then the the street, and then we just took over State Street. Literally, we had all lanes filled on State Street with fucking cars and motorcycles. I lost my hearing, I think. (laughs) I was hanging out. I was hanging out. What little you had left. Yeah. I was hanging out the bed of a pickup truck with a camera filming Ferraris and shit zooming past and 
the little girl inside of a Lamborghini, and they had people lined up the street with balloons and signs. So that's cool. Yeah, I had no idea this was going on. I got called at eleven o'clock this morning. Say, hey Duffy, can you get down here and film? I'm like, what time? Like, uh, can you get down here at two? I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that. Then it was, oh, we're not picking her up until six. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, no pizza for you tonight. <laughs> There's still some upstairs. I had a shitload there. of cupcakes. I just I was walking by the table grabbing cupcakes because people just donated a whole bunch of shit. <laughs> yeah. I think that came out as cuck cake. Cuck cakes? But, yeah. <laughs> it's where I watch someone else eat them. <laughs> I think I'm a little hot there. Okay. Uh, what else have you been doing over the week? Fucking Oz got stabbed by himself. Oh, fuck, that's right. How's he doing? He's doing good. He's back to his energetic self, trying to make sure he doesn't rip out the tube and yeah. stitches. And He's got a drain in. Yeah. The funny thing is Sarah sent me a a, a message saying, I just got a little, a little scraped up at the dog park. And I'm like, well, send me a picture. She's like, it stopped bleeding. And I'm like, no, you need to go to the vet. Like, that's deep. Like, yeah. he needs stitches. Yeah. And I don't want him to get an infection. Yeah. She goes there and apparently there's a wound inside, like a channel. Oh, wow. So like he, he really stabbed He ran himself. into something, like stabbed himself and pulled it back out. Any idea what it was? No. It was at the dog park. Huh. And there's a wooded area there and yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad he's all right. I saw him chewing on a tennis, what was that, a tennis ball? It's it's the one he can't destroy and he keeps trying to kill it. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing he hasn't been able yeah. to destroy so far. He got to stop squeaking, but he can't rip it apart. Yeah. Also saw your sexy fucking legs while you <laughs> yeah. were painting. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't know if our listeners know, but Duffy doesn't like his legs. I always wear, I always wear pants. <laughs> And I just happened to sleep in shorts, and that was the day I kind of woke up like, all right, let's start painting. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I guess I never realized that, but yeah, you do yeah. wear pants a lot. Yeah, all, all, the, all time. the time. Throughout the summer, everywhere, yeah. yeah. Even when we went camping, like, it's fucking hot out here. You're still wearing pants. I'm like, yeah, I wear pants. <laughs> kind of my thing. Did you bring your swim pants? <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, I, think I, I think I put on swimming trunks when we went on the boat. That Did one you? Year. Did you? I don't remember. I didn't get in the water because I'm like, this water's fucking cold. Fuck you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think the only time I've actually ever seen your legs apart from Sarah <laughs> posting the picture of you painting was you You said you had tattoos on your leg one day when you were oh. over here. And I was like, oh, yeah, what are they? And you're like, oh, I don't like to show them. I don't, I don't like my legs. <laughs> but you, I think I, I think I saw your tattoo. Oh, okay. But, and I think that was part of the reason why you don't like it is because of one of the tattoos. Oh, my legs are, I'm just lanky and have bleach white legs. And (laughs) that's because they never see any fucking sunlight. And when they do, they turn into a lobster. (laughs) Have you always just worn pants? Pretty much. I think probably from like middle school on, I think I've just always wore pants. I don't remember wearing shorts that often. (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. Except like soccer. Yeah. Sports. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I'm a pants guy. That's very strange. I also org- I also have been arguing online with a local Utah politician named Morgan Philpot, who uh, served in the state legislature for a while, uh, made a run for governor, and I don't know d- did some other local Utah politics stuff. And he's this super right wing, fucking asshole, libertarian dude who's just a dummy. Like, no, he's, he's actually really, 
He seems to be fairly intelligent, but he's just so far fucking right wing, religious, conservative nut job about different things. He made this post about a book that was, uh, that's being used in one of the local schools uh, for ninth graders. And it's uh, a mandatory reading assignment. Apparently the book, and in his post, he even talked about it being a dystopian future and talking about teens, you know, the, that there were subjects in there like teen suicide and, and bombing and murder and stuff like that. And it's like, dude, you just, you said in your original thing that it's a dystopian future. His whole yeah. thing is that he thinks that the, that the government is indoctrinating our children with things like this. And it's like indoctrinating for, to what? To thinking that abortion's okay, premarital sex is okay. But, like, and I, I need to post another reply to him because we've been going back and forth and back and forth. But, yeah, my, my next reply will be a very long one because he's just so <laughs> fucking wrong on all of this. Like, in his original post, he calls it a dystopian future. Like, it's a bad thing. That's what they're talking about in the class is this is a bad future. This isn't how we want our future to go. And he thinks that they're indoctrinating children to be accepting of this. And I'm like, yeah, he probably wants us to teach about Jesus in school. And he doesn't seem to know what the word indoctrination fucking means. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't I don't even understand how that how that could be. Right. Because they read the book and then they have critical discussions of it, you know, to right. explore everybody's thinking on it and why this is bad. And yeah, they're not forced to sit there and learn from the book and recite passages from yeah, the I mean, book to, and to, praise to, the book. Yeah, I mean, the whole point of indoctrination means that you tell somebody they have to accept they have to accept something uncritically, right? It's mm. just word comes down from on high that this is the way it is, and so you have to believe this. Don't think about it. Don't ask any questions. This is what you need to believe now. And That's indoctrination. Yeah, and it's all right here in this book about the dystopian past. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'll be arguing with a politician more this week. Uh, let's move on to some news items and stuff. Yes? Yeah, mm-hmm. I made it just in time. Yeah, all right. Hi, this is Dr. Hector Garcia, author of Alpha God, and you are listening to Godless Revolution. Okay, so that went well. Started out a little weird, but things really picked up. Why did you do that? Why did you say that? Say what? Richard, you just told a room full of tech people that I'm a Christian. Oh, okay, but... But you are, aren't you? Yes, but I told you that in confidence. I said, between you and me. I'm not openly Christian. <sighs> Thanks a lot, man. You just outed me. Oh, I'm sorry, Didi. I didn't... Okay. Um, should we... Hug? I can not make it weird this time. We can... I'm, I'm sorry, Richard. You know that my default position is blind support of whatever you do, but... This was not your best moment. Guys, it can't be that big of a deal, right? Why should it be? America loves Christians. Muslims are the enemy. Well, that's true in most of America, but not in Silicon Valley, sadly. Sadly? You can be openly polyamorous, and people here will call you brave. You can put microdoses of LSD in your cereal, and and people will call you a pioneer. But the one thing you cannot be is a Christian. I find their theology to be illegitimate, and it's clear that... They are the source of the majority of the world's problems. But fuck, Richard, even I wouldn't just out a Christian like that. Yeah, it was kind of fucked up. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. What is 420, Ryan? 
Um, it's the day Super Troopers Two came out. Is it really? Yeah. Are you bullshitting me? No, I'm not bullshitting. Super Troopers, Super Troopers Two. Has there been a Super Troopers Two? It it came out oh, today. I, I was thinking, <laughs> what's the? Fo- I was thinking of the space one. What's the space, the space troopers? The space troopers like baseballs? No, no. Space it was troopers. from the nineties. Starship early. troopers. Yeah, Starship troopers. I think uh, that's the one I was thinking. They might have made a second one, but I guarantee it didn't do very. Was good. this one called Super Troopers? <laughs> ah, <laughs> no, but they're Canucks. Bunch yeah. of bunch of uh, Canadian peoples. Yeah. Hmm. So I know that, but I don't know why 420 got its name. It's 420. Hitler's birthday. Is it Is really? It? I'm pretty sure. April 20th. Let's see. I gotta look that up. Okay. So people just get high to forget about Hitler. <laughs> Hitler birthday. I wonder what kind of pictures that would bring up. <laughs> April 20th, 1889. Wow. Yeah. Boy, now I. Now I feel like maybe we can't celebrate 420. I know. It's like we're... We're taking it back. We're taking it back, Ryan. He died on April 30th. Ah. 10 days after his birthday. Well. Smoked too much. Hope you had a happy birthday, Adolf. That's a name you never hear uh, kids having these days. Well, there probably are a few, but their parents are assholes. I saw saw one today. Oh, really? Yeah. The job job that I have... <laughs> With the job that I have, I go through a lot of assholes. A lot of names every day. So, yeah, I saw an Adolf. Oh, hmm. wow. He was 50, though. So, Adolf Hitler or the guy that you're talking about? No, the guy that I was talking about was 50. He was not like uh, a young kid. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So maybe his parents had that name. It's a family name. And then they decided to give it to him 20 years after the World the world War II was over. They like Germany. That's. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. They uh, could have been pro pro Germany. Yeah, they could have been pro uh, pro Nazi party. Yeah, probably just goes by Dolph in real life, like Dolph Lundgren. Is his real name Adolf? I don't know. That's don't a good question. So. God damn it! Now I gotta look that up. Let's <laughs> I, see. I don't think his real name is Adolf because that would be fucked up. Adolf Lundgren. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. I don't even know if I don't even know if he spells it with an F or um, a Gren. No, it's Dolph with a PH. I wonder. Hans. Hans. There we go. Hans Dorf Lundgren. And mm-hmm. he's Swedish. Yeah. But the Swedes were Neutral. not exactly great during <laughs> during that period either. <laughs> and since. Anyway. Uh, well, and we talked about Vinci dying earlier. He's a 28-year-old DJ. You weren't here. Yeah, I, I don't know who. I don't know who my DJ is. He was a, he's a 28-year-old Swedish DJ. He's the one who... Uh, oh, I didn't know he did was. The, uh, he did, did Swede J. Yeah, yeah, he did the he did the remake of shit. I can't think of the guy's name right now. Uh, wake me up when it's all over. The wake me up buttercup. No, wake me uh, up when it's all over. Oh my god! Are you I talking swear. about Wham's? Uh, wake me up before <laughs> no. you go go. I did swear one of the guys at the ride looked exactly like fucking Steve Aoki. Like I'm looking at him, I'm like. Are you fucking Steve? Like he has the hair, the squished nose. He dressed like Steve. I'm like, who's Steve Aoki? Yeah. He's like the billionaire DJ from fucking Vegas. Like he's probably one of the most famous DJs in the world. And Dan and I have never heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> this is the. Oh, this one. This is Vinci. Okay. But it's not. I mean, it's not like he remixed this song. 
He's a DJ, so he's popular for his remixes and stuff Wait, like but that. he did do that song? Yes. Yeah. Avicii. What was I saying? Vinci. God damn it. Avicii. I was, I was thinking, like, yeah, like Da Vinci. Yeah, it's Avicii. It. Sorry. Yeah, I still don't know the guy. <laughs> uh, we, ha- we have a DJ who listens to the show who's probably going to want to pummel me after she hears this. Because <laughs> I just keep fucking up. You know, a fuck up that I realized during editing for the last show that nobody has mentioned. Like, you didn't notice it. You didn't notice it. None of our guests have noticed what it do we do? for however many episodes I've been doing it. I had the date wrong on our document. I still had March as the month. And so during the last episode, I said, it's March 13th. Didn't didn't even notice. Nobody, nobody apparently noticed (laughs) except me during editing because nobody said jack shit. Did you go in there and dub a April? (laughs) No. That would have been funny. Hey, welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is April. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Oh. So, so why is 420 called 420? What the fu- I was going to say, what the fuck was I talking yeah, I'm about? Trying to, I'm trying to bring you back on track uh, right now. Maybe I've been celebrating 420 <laughs> and I had a hard time. My, uh, my short-term memory is gone. Asshole. <laughs> uh, this is from the Metro uh, in the UK. It says, rejoice smokers of weed or just continue to comfortably, comfortably sit and marathon watch Netflix with a bucket load of snacks. Today is 420, a.k.a. the only worldwide holiday in celebration of the joy of marijuana. But what is 420? Why do we celebrate it? And what do these specific numbers have to do with weed? First off, the easy bit. 420 refers to April 20th, written the American way with the month first and the day second. Fucking Americans. I know. It's widely considered to be an annual day of marijuana joy, marked by weed-themed festivals, brands doing food offers with a weed-themed twist, and plenty of smoking. Well, wait. I want to stop for a second because that whole thing about putting the month first, uh-huh. we that's how we say it, too. We say April 20th. We don't say yeah. 20 April. In the military, well, they do. Yeah. A lot of the time. Sometimes, like, hey, 20th of April. Or or okay. they'll, yeah. Or they'll, yeah. That's like a lot of documents be like 20 April 2018. Yeah. Yeah, I know the military does it the way apparently the those 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 Brits do. But, but you see, that's only you if you write out in... the 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 month. It's, when the month's written out, it's always second on the paper. But when I always do like that, just the numbers, it goes the other way around. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, now on to the history of four twenty. Buckle your seat belts. People think four twenty refers to a secret police code. I'll be real. This is hmm. exactly why I thought. Or what I always thought 420 referred to. This is not me. I'm reading the article, yeah, people. Yeah. And it seems to be what most cannabis fans believe when it comes to the day. People claim that 420 is the radio code used by police to describe catching anyone smoking weed, which is dumb. I don't like that's a that's a pretty easily figured out thing. Like, well, I mean, all their codes are pretty easy to figure out. You just go online and look at their codes. Yeah. <laughs> And so weed smokers took over the code for their own reference and made 420 their special weed smoking day. But actually, the 420 code is actually used for homicide. Ooh. That's a little, yeah, very dark. It's dark. Wait, I thought homicide was 187. Depends on the state. Well, now you've got us all confused, Ryan. Because you you said you can, there are, you can. You can look it up. And if you can to take to want. But you got to look you up wanna. for each state because each, each, <laughs> a lot of states have different, like the whole 5150 thing. Uh-huh. That's California's code for psycho. Uh, huh. Other states might have a different code for the same thing. 
You mean a 187? Yeah. Uh, people also think 420 is the number of chemical compounds in cannabis, but that is not true. Yeah, there's way more. There are also theories that 420 comes from a Bob Dylan song. That seems plausible. Yep. Some geniuses have noted that 12 times 35 equals 420. <laughs> and 12 and 35 happen to be the numbers referenced in Bob Dylan's song, Rainy Day Women. Number 12 and 35 foot. Wow. Bob. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like Ron Burgundy, like whatever's on the screen, I'm just going to fucking it. read it. Uh, Bob Dylan also chants, everybody must get stoned in the song, which adds to this theory's power. But here's the truth, as far as we know. 420 is all down to a group of students. Hmm, them damn kids. This, according to the internet, is the most credible story out there on the origins of 420, as told in its entirety to the Huffington Post. Back in 1971, five students at San Rafael High School in California would meet at 4.20 p.m. right after doing their after-school sports by the school statue of Louis Pasteur to toke up. It became a tradition, and the group who called themselves the Waldos began using 420 as a shorthand for smoking weed. This spread, 420 became known as the perfect time for smoking weed, and the number 420 became synonymous with marijuana. Whoa. It's like it's the first thing to go viral. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do you celebrate 420? Simple. Smoke some weed on April 20th at 420. You can also just smoke weed, as long as you're living somewhere where it's legal, obviously. Or, just my throwing it out there, if you're doing it clandestinely in your home or somewhere else or anywhere where you're not going to get fucking caught. And <laughs> so, or do something stupid. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, at 420 on any other day of the year. Uh, we, we've had the wonderful Mr. Forrest Shaw. I'm pointing at the empty chair because that's where he sat when he was in studio yeah. with us. War, 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 <laughs> war, war. <laughs> uh, he was on an episode of the show. Fuck. It's been a That was, a one, long of the, that was one of the debate shows. Yeah. 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 yeah like a year and a half or more than a year and a half ago. Maybe almost two years. It was during the primaries. Yeah. Uh, but Forrest joined us for one of the episodes, and he is a uh, cancer patient. He has stage four prostate cancer and is honestly very surprised to still be around and kicking. Yeah. But when he was on the show, uh, we talked about this a little bit. He's a big advocate for legalization of marijuana because he uses it as yeah. part of his treatment to handle uh the you know the the pain, pain. of having the cancer nausea, nausea. There, yeah there's a there's a variety of things that he uses it for to control the symptoms that he has uh, yeah. with with his prostate cancer well almost everybody i've heard that uses marijuana that has cancer says the the marijuana effects of that are way better than the pills they give you oh yeah like, because those pills just like knock you out. You can't do anything. A lot fewer side effects. Yeah. And, but it makes you a criminal where it's illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fucking stupid that you can be put behind bars for a plant. Um, but yeah. So I know, I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people who, who partake. <laughs> and I know a lot of people in states around our state who will, send things to other people in this state what? or we'll visit relatives in those states and come back here and deliver things to people in this state f to, to help them 
celebrate recreationally or to, you know, or to help them with other things that they've got going on. If they have a hard time sleeping, if they have low appetite, if they're nauseous, if they're, you know, a wide range of things that people would use this for, or if they just want to get fucking high and giggle their butts off. Yeah. That those people will bring those, those tasty treats or little vape things or oils or whatever back for people. And I don't know why it's such a big fucking deal because it's much less harmful than alcohol. It's oh, yeah. much less addictive. It's, it's just a good thing and it but should be legalized all over. I think I love the comment where they're talking about the, uh, uh, legalizing recreational marijuana in Colorado then and Wendover them trying to get a dispensary there. Mm. And it was a cop said, I'm a cop from Colorado. Guess how many marijuana-related incidences I've responded to in the last year? Zero. Guess how many alcohol-related incidents I've responded to in the last year? I can't, like, I can't count them. Way too many. Like, More than I like, can count yeah. or tell you. It's silly to Ridiculous. even try to track it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you get drunk, you feel like showing off and acting like a jackass and doing a bunch of stupid shit, and you think you're fine to drive and all of that, and when yeah. you're stoned, people are like, no, man, I'm not fucking going anywhere. <laughs> I'm going to sit here and I'm going to drink something because my mouth is really dry and I'm going to munch on something and just veg, man. I think Robin Williams actually did a sketch on that where he's talking about different being on different drugs. Yeah. Then he gets say he gets marijuana. He's like, marijuana? I just want to sit there. If you go, you want to go somewhere? It's like, nah, <laughs> no, nah, not really. Not really. <laughs> I'm good. I'm fine right here. But yeah, I I know a lot of people who partake and they're all good people who Mm -hmm. use it sometimes recreationally, sometimes to help them sleep, sometimes to help them with pain management, helps a lot of people with a bunch of different things. So it just, it seems silly that doing that makes them technically a criminal. criminal. But I did see that uh, Schumer. Yeah. Not Amy Schumer. Well, we know she's for it. But, but, uh, what the fuck is his first name? Chuck. Chuck. Yeah. Chuck. Chucky. Chuck is going to be introducing along with Bernie Sanders. Uh, if I think they would di- actually did introduce legislation today to decriminalize marijuana federally. Yeah. Which would be awesome. Now, is that just decriminalize or actually changing its controlled substance they, labeling? I believe there were three parts to there were three parts to their legislation that it would decriminalize it federally. It would uh, change its control status. Change, yeah, change the status from a schedule one to something like else. Three and at least yeah, and then to also um, have have prior convictions for possession oh, yeah. expunged from people's records. So and I've seen I've seen that come up where they're where they get rid of the prior convictions. And I agree with the way they've done it before where if you've been convicted of a nonviolent crime without a weapon that marijuana was involved in, you get expunged. But if you're involved in a violent crime and marijuana was just an accessory on it, that doesn't get expunged. Yeah. Because why? Because of the violent nature of the crime. Just because there's marijuana involved, there's also, you know, a violent, you know, some someone might have beat the shit out of someone and had a marijuana charge. The marijuana charge ranks higher than the assault charge. So they hit him with the hardest thing they can get him with, which is the drug charge. Put him in jail longer than for assault. Mm. I I totally disagree. But why? Because if we decriminalize marijuana... Mm-hmm. which it never, you know, in my mind, it, 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 
it should never be illegal in the first place. It cer- certainly shouldn't be jailable. And it absolutely shouldn't be more of a punishment than an assault. If it right. is, yeah. then then we may need, maybe we need to look at changing some of the other punishments for some of those crimes. But if it's decriminalized, it's decriminalized. You give them mm-hmm. the assault for the assault. Mm-hmm. If that, if, if, if you just, if you're, whole goal is to make sure that everybody you prosecute gets maximum sentences in everything all the time. Fine. But I don't think that's the way to do it. But if assault well, is the big deal, give them the assault charge, make and make them do the time for the assault. But the marijuana should, it's, it's not, it's not illegal anymore. Right. So. Yeah. But I mean, you can make a point that they were still breaking the law at the time. I mean, would you, would you advocate for uh, somebody who, is uh who who previously ran like a a drug cartel where the, all they did let's say all they did was sell marijuana but they were selling it by you know the, the truckload by a yeah <laughs> by a truckload and were making you know money hand over fist doing that doing illegal actions and of course along with that there's going to be assorted violence intimidation racketeering, all of that other stuff that comes with it, should all of that go away too? Like if we- I'm not saying get rid of all that stuff. I said keep the assault charge. Mm -hmm. So you would keep the racketeering, you'd keep intimidation, you'd keep any of the other still crimes, any of the violent things. Of course you keep all that. Mm. Oh yeah. Well, and maybe I misunderstood or misheard then, but I thought that when Ryan was talking about it, that they would expunge, expunge the records of anybody who didn't commit a violent crime if it's marijuana related. Yeah, that's that's why I've seen them done bef- like other places have said, yeah, we'll exp- if it was just marijuana and a not there's no violent crime involved in it. Mm. Expunged, gone mm. away. Mm. But if you had a violent if it was a violent crime with marijuana involved, then like you're fucked cuz so would they, so in those instances, do you know did they keep it did they keep the charge for marijuana on there as well as the violent crime? I don't or? know about this cuz I heard about this case because when they're fighting to change the law, there was a guy in Washington state where it went recreational and the guy was in jail as he was a like a small time dealer. He got caught with like a pound of weed on him, but it was his third strike. Every single one of his three strikes was nonviolent. It was just having weed on him. But since it was his third mm-hmm. strike, he was getting life in prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then, then, and then Washington anyway. went went legal recreation. So they're like, hey, can this guy fucking get out now? And I think the decision was since it was a nonviolent crime, there was no guns involved, you can go. Because now what you did is no longer considered illegal, so we're not going to keep you in here for life for a nonviolent crime. Un- unless, unless the marijuana charge just happened to be the one charge that got them the most bang well, for no, their no. prosecuting well, buck, right? Well, with that, that guy in that and then one. They, and then they go, oh, well, actually, since, since all we want to do is just make sure everyone gets yeah. maximum for everything, we're going to keep the marijuana because there was violence too. That's a whole nother problem. It is. That yeah. whole thing yeah, about, is. about yeah. charging people multiple times and then getting the worst one you can on every person. That's a whole nother I mean, problem. There, there's a lot of old school hippies that are sitting in jail who are very anti-violence, anti-gun, all that stuff, sitting in jail just for fucking weed. Yeah. That's yeah, the way this guy bullshit. was. He was an old, an old hippie that was selling weed. But, but my point is if you're going to decriminalize it, then you decriminalize it, right? You don't go, you don't go oh, well, you know, this guy gets to get his life sentence commuted, but this guy still has to do six years because if we decriminalize it for him, then he'd only be doing four. 
What? That's fucking stupid. Well, it, it, it might be that way, but the only yeah, the only thing stupid. I know when they're talking about it was if you had if it was a violent crime, you didn't just get to go free. Well, sure, because yeah. there's other charges. They might have they might have dropped their sentence and said, "Hey, we're going to attack on. We're just going to do the assault charges and this violent crime charge." Yeah, we'll still get rid of the marijuana. marijuana. Charges. Yeah, it might it, be that if, way. If but, somebody if somebody kills somebody and is also high, and they go to jail for life for murder, and then they get. Their life for murder plus I mean, murder. twenty years or whatever it would plus yeah. two years for marijuana, mm-hmm. and then they decriminalize marijuana and they say, okay, well, you're not charged with that. He's still in there for life for the murder, sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, you see a lot of times where someone will be convicted of a crime and say, well, there was THC in his system, but he's not being charged for being high. He's just being charged for right the crime because mm-hmm. maybe they didn't find any weed on him or whatever any drugs. I think that I think uh, what's his name, the sports guy that killed the dude. That was Aaron, big, Aaron Hernandez. Hernandez. They kept yeah. bringing that up in the trial case. Like, yeah, there was a, if we found marijuana at the scene that had his DNA on it, uh, we know there's THC in the system, but he, he raped the marijuana. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little tricky, but it can be done. Uh, but yeah, he didn't get a drug charge on it. He just got the murder charge. Mm-hmm. They're like, fuck the drug charge. We ain't even going to consider that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a good move. I think it's a good move in the right direction to decriminalize it. To take it off of the schedule one and to expunge the records of people who have had their lives ruined mm-hmm. by this. If I mean, if there's no violence along with the criminal history or whatever. Yeah, I think I think that's all fine and good and should be done. And if it goes legal, I think you'd solve a lot of issues with the violent cartels because now it's like, well, fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, they can just grow it themselves and just fucking do whatever they want now. So, uh Guess we're just pushing heroin onto cocaine and heroin, <laughs> <laughs> which I think they've yep. been making that turn because yeah, you know, to get the yep. same amount of money of heroin on the street versus marijuana, that's a big difference in the package size. Is it? I don't oh, know. It, yeah, I mean, like a bales of marijuana versus hey, I'm going to take just a small chunk of heroin over and oh, cut yeah. it up even smaller, and yeah, because you can't much cut, more concentrated. I never heard of anybody cutting marijuana. Yeah, you can with other herbs and stuff. Will they though? Yeah. But it's so easy to tell. You know, you yeah. you, you could sell you could sell it to kids maybe. This is oregano. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> if you're shooting up, you don't really taste it. <laughs> yeah, like heroin. It says when you have a, so many fucking for profit prisons. Oh, I know. Imagine how many people would get let out that they need to keep in those fucking beds to make their money. Yeah, fucking capitalism. I know it's. It's it's making all the right things harder to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, and those four and those and those pr- uh, private prisons can take huge chunks of their profits and grease the palms of their local oh, politicians, yeah. Yeah. so they'll never pass stuff like that, mm-hmm. and they'll just continue to throw I, people's I, lives away and rot in those cells forever. I, I think it was Vice News that did the piece on state prison versus uh, private prison, and they're going through like the the conditions the prisoners live in. Uh, the amount of people who actually get paroled because even one of the inmates is like, no, dude, if you're in the last year of your sentence, if you're coming up to parole time, you want to go to state prison. You want to go to maximum security state prison because if you're sitting in the nice, cushy private prison, if there's not enough, if there's not enough people in there, you aren't getting paroled. Yeah. So they have to keep so many people in there. So they'll keep denying mm-hmm. your parole until they fill. Hey, we got 20 people coming. We can parole five guys. But the state prison that's fucked up does doesn't have to require to keep so many people in their beds to make money. It should so be you're, it's it should easier be such to get an obvious conflict. 
Oh, it is. You know, it sh- but I'm, it should be, I mean, if we should have people, we should have politicians looking, just say no, that you can't do that because the conflict is so apparent right from the beginning of what a bad fucking idea well, that's going to be. It's basically going, it's like you're, you're, you're jumping all the way back to industrial revolution style, um, workers rights, you know, basically, because these people are making them money while they sit in there, except you have no rights, but no rights at all. Let even less than they did because you have to give up some of your constitutional right to be imprisoned. But the the states fucked up when they gave them, they signed the contracts because I thought it was, there's one company that runs all the fucking private, like one head matriarchal company that runs all the little ones. And in part of the contract, it was saying that the, the state will keep those private prisons uh, you know, inmates, the number of inmates at a certain percentage. Yep. They won't allow them to go below that percentage. It wasn't like a 90 or something, but I, I swear it was in the eighties. Like they have to be. Well, and see, and there's, and max. that brings up a whole nother issue about taxpayer, taxpayer dollars funding the police forces that are now shipping business to straight yeah. to these private guys pockets. Like now we're paying to have, police officers fund their enterprise. And it was also billed originally as, hey, these private prisons will cost less money than the state prison. And it turned out being like, Fuck, oh, no, of course they don't. Yeah, it's that, dead that wrong. It costs works way out. more money than the state prison. Yeah, that never fucking works out. They look at they look at short-term gains versus long-term yeah. gains, and they do that all over throughout the... That's what the Republican Party does throughout <laughs> mm-hmm. any government service. Oh, it's like, didn't Paul... I thought I saw somewhere Paul Ryan made a comment like, well, we were going to have this debt anyways, so we're going to have to pay for it somehow. Well, why, this way, we don't, we're not having government workers do this and yeah. building these structures from the government. It's all privately run, and it's good capitalism, and it's good for business. And no, it's fu- it's fucking <laughs> it's fucking locking people in cages for profit. Yeah, yep, should be one hundred percent illegal. It's terrible. So, what else do we got? I'm Bryce Barkenagel. Have you ever wondered if Joseph Smith was drugging the early Mormons? Turns out it might be possible when you have a fantastic congregation that is witnessing angels floating around in the rafters and think that the temple is on fire and they're running out in the snow and writhing around on the ground naked. Yeah, as it turns out, drugs might be the best explanation. Be sure to check out my Sunstone Symposium presentation on the Joseph Smith Entheogen Theory by punching that into any YouTube browser. And thank you so much for checking that out, and be sure to check out the Naked Mormonism podcast. This is The Godless Revolution. So I just got off the phone with Colin over at K-Hole, and while he loves your tech, he's considering blowing up the deal. What? Just because one of my CEOs is Christian? It freaks people out in the valley. Okay, so what do you want me to do, Monica? You want me to drop DD just because he's Christian? The company's not Christian. It's gay. Which is fine, right? Yeah, no, that, that plays great. Look, cutting all ties to DD and First Sight will definitely send a strong message to Colin. And it might be the only way. Like killing somebody to prove you're not a narc, or showing a John your genitals to prove you're a legitimate male prostitute and not an undercover cop. What? Because cops aren't allowed to do that. And worst case scenario, the John walks off with a free peek. That's the towing company. Excuse me. (sighs) Forget it, Monica. I'm not doing it. I mean, I'm not dropping him. All right. Fine. Fine. I I will call Colin and try and smooth things over for you, but you need to handle Dee Dee. Okay, apologize for outing him, of course, but you need to make sure that he keeps quiet about this. 
right? Because it's not just about losing K-Hole. It's way worse than that. Let's put it this way. Would you want to go from being a rock band to being a Christian rock band? Oh, shit. You and the Godless Revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one. All right, Matt, what did you bring for us tonight? I bring... It's so uh, nice to have everybody in the studio. We haven't we haven't all been in the studio for a few weeks now. Is it really? Well, yeah, because yeah, I was gone. Well, with the moving, and I was just like, "Fuck, eight day shift, moving, yeah. painting. I need a break." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you were gone, and then you were gone, mm-hmm. and then we were all gone. We were all gone. Well, when you went to uh, the American Atheist, when I convention. went to the Okie Dokie. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So it's been like a month since we've all been together. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. I'm sorry. Please. What oh. was your was your story? Sorry. Summerside, Prince Edward Island. Oh. Ooh, sounds like a good vacation place where you with the you know the way you said it. it sounds... Summery and princes? It yeah. sounds delightful. <laughs> it's uh it's in Canada though. Oh. So there's that. So it's not sunny. <laughs> or princey. Yeah. Responding to Fallout over comments he made in a recent public Facebook post. The owner of Skips Fish and Chips is defending his words. But it rhymes. Skips Fish and Chips. Yep. Very good, Ryan. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Saying he was just giving exposure to Atlantic Beef beef Products Halal Meat. On April 5th, McGregor, the owner of the Summerside Restaurant, posted on his eatery's Facebook page a photo of a burger saying it was his restaurant's unofficial entry into the current Burger Month campaign on PEI. And describing it as religion-free. Okay. Well, that sounds good, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a little confused at what the outcry is about so far. <laughs> it's a free country, but it seems to me that the general trajectory of so-called progressives is towards secularism. No religion in the public square. So I thought it would be, and admittedly a little cheeky and fun, to present the secularist dream, a religion-free hamburger. The oh. progressives are apparently not amused. I don't get it. Yeah, I didn't. I never. I never well, had it's not a re- halal. It's not kosher. So. Yeah, but I've never had a religious burger in my life. That I mean, I, yeah. I just. Uh, I don't know how this guy figured out. All we want is a religious free hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> Who told him? <laughs> He's heard the cry of the crowd. <laughs> McGregor said in his Facebook. Uh, He said his Facebook post was due to his commitment to a robust dialogue in the public square. Quote, I admit that some of my rhetoric is politically incorrect, but it is to make a point and to show the disingenuousness of the intolerant left in our society. But did he really make a point? I'm confused. Uh, Also in a Facebook post, Fresh Media, the marketing company behind the PEI Burger Love campaign, Stated, quote, over the past few days, we have received messages relating to a hate-filled post trying to associate themselves with this month's promotion. This business, Skips Fish and Chips, is not participating in PEI Burger Love, nor do we have any affiliation affiliation with the person behind those comments. That particular post does not in any way re- re- uh, represent or reflect the value of fresh media. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is not the first time McGregor has stirred up controversy on Facebook last year. He was involved in another digital war of words after commenting online that the painting of a rainbow-colored sidewalks in Charlottetown was offensive to many. The rainbow is commonly used as an LGBTQ symbol. McGregor said the sidewalk comments were meant to expose the hypocrisy of the politicians who claim it symbolizes inclusiveness. 
What were the comments on the thing? I'm this guy's yeah. just by this whole story. Yeah, the guy's just he's just fucking crazy. I think he's looking for things where there isn't anything. Exactly. Yeah, he's 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 a conspiracy right wing guy. Oh. And I, I mean, I've been to a few of the pride parades here and attended pride here in Salt Lake, and they seem pretty inclusive. And even people that are like, yeah, I'm just here to have some fun and and dance and. Have some drinks and but everyone hang knows out. everyone knows the rainbow isn't for straight people. I mean, that's what he's saying. Gay people have taken it over. Have you guys yeah. seen the fucking pin for the straight pride? No, thing? no. Yeah, I is didn't it, even is, know there was a straight pride. Is it like uh, the rainbow yeah. thing, like reversed or something? Or oh, it's well, it's a rainbow-ish design, but it's okay. just varying shades of white and gray. Oh, so it's for white pride yeah, only. It's, it's for <laughs> it's for straight pride. It's the straight pride flag. Okay. And, uh, it was it, it and apparently some jackass tried selling this on Amazon and Amazon yanked it so <laughs> that's good. And they went with a grain bow for it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a gray bow. Or is that just how you see it? No, well here, let me I'll look a <laughs> picture for you guys. Uh we were we actually talked about this at uh Lindy's Wake ah, on yeah. Saturday because we're at a gay bar and yeah. I was there with a bunch of my gay friends and Oh, there it is. I see it right uh, yeah. there. Where? Which one? Right well, it, there. There's that, but there's an actual pin. I should type oh, in okay. pin as another one of the keywords in my search here. Straight pride pin. This. Ah. Uh, this is the pin. And oh, it, it looks kind of like a flag. Kind of, kind of like a flag. It looks a little like, wavy. It looks like a piece of meat. Or almost. cake, maybe? Or cake. Cake? Yeah. 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 yeah More like cake. It's pinkish. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. It's like pink and purple, kind of. Huh. I think they're trying to represent all the skin tones. Are they? Well, you got white, white, not very white. <laughs> like, is anybody but me this color right no. here? <laughs> no, that's gingers only. So you're represented on there. Would you call that alabaster? Yeah. <laughs> then there's then there's more of the Caucasian pink. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The next three look very much the same to they me. They look the exact These same. Four look the same. Like it, this one is obviously darker. Yeah, that's those a look lot like, darker. It, yeah. Those three look like a strip of bacon. Yeah. Huh. And the top one is almost blackish. Yeah. Charred. But yeah, so some they, they tried selling this on Amazon and hmm. it has since been removed. I see. But my free speech! <laughs> my freeze peach! Well, obviously whoever found that I'm Amazon was over in Europe because it's four point five uh four fifty euro. Uh-huh. I was actually thinking about that today when I was I was listening to an episode of Cognitive Dissonance and they had a clip from fucking Rick Wild on there. Ugh. And he was whining and complaining about how YouTube doesn't want to let him put his hateful bullshit up or whatever. Uh-huh. And going on about First Amendment and everything. And I'm like, they're such fucking hypocrites, right? Like, like they'll sit there and talk about how you know, corporations are people so much so that they get to choose, they get to have their own religion. A corporation uh -huh. has their own speech. Uh -huh. They don't have to provide health care if they don't want to blah, blah, blah. That that's how pro corporation they are. But then when you turn it around and the corporation says, no, I don't want to have that on my, in my business. Then they cry. Oh, well I have free speech. And it was, which is it? Mm -hmm. Which is it, Rick Wiles? Do you want the corporations to be able to run roughshod all over everyone, or do you want everyone to be able to express themselves? Yeah, that's what I, I really wish Mark Zuckerberg, when he was in that Senate hearing, would have said, "You know, this is a private company, so if I don't want something on my private business, my enterprise, I can take it off because that's my right." 
yeah, not to allow that kind of speech on my mm-hmm. well, software, and that's, and that's the platform. other thing is that YouTube and Facebook are not government entities. No, um, they're privately stopping owned. free speech, which is that's the only place where the First Amendment really applies. You just you can't have the government. Yeah. Uh, telling you what you can and can't if, say. If, but if YouTube Even wants, though they do, but, you know. Yeah. But even if YouTube said, hey, cat videos only. If it's not yeah. a cat video, yeah. it's off the platform. Yeah. They can do that. Yeah, they can. They can They can say, fuck you to anyone they want and get rid of them. Yeah, they can do that all day long because yeah. they're, it's, it's their fucking platform. It's yeah. their mm-hmm. company. They own that shit. They don't, you don't have a right to be on somebody's fucking Facebook page or on yeah. Facebook at all. You yeah. don't have a right to be on Facebook. And, and that's what they're making it sound like was Facebook is the only place for anyone to go to. And they probably wouldn't even lose that and many fucking people if no. they changed it to per tube or whatever. <laughs> Whisker tube. <laughs> no, they'd probably get more people because they know exactly where to get the best cat videos. <laughs> uh, well, you guys saw that Alex Jones oh, is being sued, right? For defamation. It's about time. He was kicked off no of shit, huh? Facebook, and yeah. So the uh, some of the parents from the Sandy Hook massacre have banded together and are suing Alex Jones for defamation for well, calling them crisis actors and fakes and phonies. And I, I'm surprised the owner of that pizza shop didn't fucking go after him. I think he still could, and I think he should actually. Yeah, because because of the shit that comes out of Alex Jones's fucking yeah. mouth. Some wackadoon walked into wackadoon? his wackadoon <laughs> walked into this fucking pizza place, shot it up, and, and demanded <laughs> to see the sex kids, <laughs> the sex tunnels where they're yeah. smuggling children back and forth. Yeah. And Hillary's uh, computers are maybe down there. I don't know. And I bet you anything, Alex Jones is going to use that same free speech argument. Oh, well, yeah. for free country. Well, and, and he tries to play this off as you know. During his divorce proceedings and and custody battle for his kids, Um, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, I think the guy at the pizza place should absolutely sue him. I think these parents should sue. I think they should not only win damages for. I think so. In a just world, let me start over. In their lawsuit, (laughs) they're seeking damages of at least one million dollars, which in a defamation type suit isn't really a. Well, for they somebody for, for somebody more. with as much money as Alex Jones has or claims to have, uh, well, I, mean, I think they should get a lot more, especially for the type of shit that they've gone yeah. through. Their children were fucking murdered, and you've got this jackass bloviating dipshit saying that they were crisis actors, it's all fake and phony, well, false flag. Did you see the thing on Vice News about three weeks ago? Nope. Of the group of people that go around trying to call out these these family members and everything. No, they they were at they they admitted that they went on and harassed families of Sandy Hook, fucking went after him and proved that they're all fakes. They don't actually had never had kids because they couldn't give us a, a a death certificate or a birth certificate. And then they're they're they're, at, they're, not, they're not they're not required to supply these no, fucking jackasses no. with that information. No. Fuck them. Alex but Jones is worth a. Roughly ten million. Oh Holy yeah, fuck. Yeah, I think they should be able to take like all of that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, in a just world, what they should be able to get is Him all of the down. proceeds that he has made since that time. Like, f- because he he went on air and a bunch of people picked this up and it was a big deal and he got a lot more listeners, a lot more people watching his shit. They should get all proceeds that he has acquired since that time 
and punitive damages. Like, don't ever fucking do this again. We're setting, we're, we're making an example of you. I wonder if you can actually trace the whole, uh, crisis actor conspiracy theory back to Alex Jones. I mean, if you did the legwork, you could probably find. I doubt it would go to, to him. He, he has, he has other sources in the deep but, state. But his network. Yeah. yeah. His other sources in the deep state are the people that fucking talk to him in his head. <laughs> the ones, the, the one, the, the ones who drum up all the things for him yeah. to talk about. Yeah. The little voices in his head. Uh, but there, there were two lawsuits filed on Tuesday. They represent the first civil action taken by parents accusing Mr. Jones of defamation. One was filed by Leonard Posner and his wife, Veronica, Veronique Della Rosa. And the other was filed by Neil Heslin. Their sons, Noah Posner and Jesse Heslin, both six, were killed at Sandy Hook. The suits focus on comments made by Alex Jones in the past year in a segment on his radio show called Sandy Hook Vampires oh. Exposed. What a fucking asshole. Like they're, he's, he's basically saying that these parents are bloodsuckers. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, and I was going to say earlier, we know that Alex Jones, during his uh, divorce and custody battle, was saying that, oh, I'm just an entertainer. Well, this no, is, that, this that is all was, entertainment. Blah, that was blah, blah. his lawyer. Right. That was his attorney. That. And Alex Jones saying, I'm no, I'm I'm a this I'm real media. <laughs> and he's caused real harm to real yeah. people in real life. This is fucking disgusting. And they and, should be honestly, if I were the judge, he's lucky I'm not the judge, because if I were the judge, I'd be like, you lose everything. You're giving it to these poor, horribly grieving parents. Yeah. Not just because their children were killed, but because you set them apart and set them up for harassment from a bunch of your dipshit fucking yeah. listeners that call their that homes. have been harassing them for years yeah. now. Find them in public and and yeah. do horrible shit, making death threats, yeah. stalking them, making their lives even worse than they were than just after their children yeah. fucking were murdered in their grade school. You know, it's you have a freedom to free speech. Absolutely. You don't have a freedom of, of consequences. Right. Yeah. Um, during the, let's see, uh, Alex Jones suggests that the, that they're actors. Yeah. He's, he's said of one of the people that there's a video. Some of our listeners may have seen it, uh, where Alex Jones makes this comment about, well, when he turns his head, his nose disappears and <laughs> you can sell you. It's because the green screen isn't set up just right. And so, you know, that they're just acting and this is all staged. And of course you, Ryan, it's probably frame know. Rates. Yeah. Frame rates and compression relics, yeah. all that kind of shit. And no, he's saying that his nose disappears. And so, you know, it was all staged and it's fake. A few months after that, uh, Alex Jones was profiled in, in, on NBC's Sunday Night with Megyn Kelly, which brought up his past comments about Sandy Hook. Ms. Kelly also interviewed Mr. Heslin, who recalled seeing his dead son, quote, I held my son with a bullet hole through his head, Mr. Heslin told her. But a week later, in an InfoWars video, Owen Schroyer, who works on the site, argued that it was, quote, not possible that Mr. Hel that Mr. Heslin held his dead son because the medical examiner said he showed photographs to the parents to identify the children. Quote, Will there be a clarification from Heslin or Megyn Kelly, Mr. Schroyer said? I wouldn't hold your breath. Well, yeah, the medical examiner probably did show them photos of the children, but when they're at the mortuary, guess what? The father probably got to hold his dead son. 
one last time. Yeah, it's just it's both of those th- those those situations are 100% possible. Yeah, it's just fucking disgusting and Alex Jones should lose every bit of the fortune that he's made from calling these people crisis oh, yeah. actors and for all of the shit that they've had to go through since then. I hope they fucking clean him out. I hope it puts him out of fucking business. That's what I hope. Because yeah. he's da- he's a dangerous fucking lunatic. Yeah, he is. I mean, but, nothing but, nothing he's ever said even before that has been good for anybody, you know? It's all problematic, it's all false. Um it's all unverified, it's all propaganda. Yeah, what good has he done? In the world, and my voice is going out all of a sudden. I'm like, are you are you starting to cry? <laughs> <laughs> no, I got a tickle in my throat, and my voice oh. is going all of a sudden. Fucking allergies have been bothering me lately. You just need a little beef stick. I need a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break. Okay. This is Dr. Dan, Matt's boss from the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast, and you are listening to The Godless Revolution. Oh, shit. Did I say revolution? I mean revolution. Bloody Americans fucking up the language. You can edit that, right, Spike? Anyway, it was a mistake. I'm sorry I added you. I just wish we could go back to normal, you know, just like how things were. A CEO and a gay CEO. I don't even know what normal is anymore, Richard. It's been such a crazy 24 hours, you know? Gossip travels so fast in the valley. I'll be lucky if my parents ever talk to me again. Your parents aren't Christian. I'm from Palo Alto. My dad says my lifestyle makes him sick. He just wants his gay son back. And he's okay with the gay part? He's gay. But the crazy part is, when I finally got home and I got in bed, I had the soundest sleep I've had in years. Exhaustion? No, relief, Richard. I'm out, okay? My nightmare's over. I don't ever have to go back in that closet again, and I've got you to thank for it. Look, Richard, this is great, because now I can be gay and a Christian. Well, just be gay. You know, you could be a, a, a twink, a bear, an otter, a circuit queen, a chub, a pup, a gipster, daddy chaser, a leatherman, a ladyboy. You could be a Donald Duck, which is a gay guy who got kicked out of the Navy. Yeah, I, I know what it is. How do you know so many gay things? I worked with a guy. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. I just remembered. You remembered? I just remembered when I during the previous segment when I said, hey, it's nice to have everybody in the studio again. I was going to go somewhere with that. And it was that we have yet to talk as a group about the April Fool's Day. Oh, yeah. Fuck you. Episode. <laughs> That's like, did you two conspire with that before I showed up? A little bit. Okay. A little bit. <laughs> like, so... So Matt just sent me a message and it was like, hey, I've got a prank we can play on Ryan in the audience. I've edited. What show did you take it from? Um, Oh, uh, you got perioded on, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't remember which ep- what episode uh, number that was, but that was the title of yeah. the episode was you got perioded on. And he said, it's just, you know. However many minutes of Ryan talking by himself. Just bullshit. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I just, I just went through and I, I, I cut out like a 40 minute section of the episode. And then I just went through that 40 minutes and cut everywhere. Me and Dan made a noise (laughs) and just left it like 10 minutes of Ryan talking to himself about shit. And it was funny because like 
the first little bit, you were telling stories. And yeah. so it was kind of going together and making yeah. sense. But then Dan started telling a story. So your sounds kind of <laughs> went to, yep, that would be fun. Ooh, uh-huh. <laughs> Uh huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Thoroughly confused when my, when my mom sends me a text. I think there's something wrong with the episode. I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, it's only 13 minutes long, and it's only you. So, oh, my, so had she listened to it? Or? Oh, she. I was at the gym at work. Yeah. And she sent me that message, and I'm like, well, fuck. I wonder if Dan accidentally put up the the lesbian farmer clip. Oh, <laughs> so then I started listening to him. I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. And then, I think I then I was messaging you while I was listening to it. And then I get to the end. I'm like, oh, fuck you. I'm like, <laughs> I can't remember if I put the, if I put the lesbian farmer out for only Patreon supporters well, I, we, or for everybody. It was just for the Patreon. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. 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 So that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, since, uh, you're gay, do you know, <laughs> you heard about lesbian farmers moving? <laughs> it came off way worse than it was meant. It was meant to be lighthearted. And, uh, I should have started that thing off with like, Hey, did you see what so-and-so said today? Instead of going straight to what the guy said, <laughs> then it making no sense. Like, like, is this guy for real? <laughs> I felt uh, horrible. Well, and then just I don't I still I don't know that we discussed it. We you and I talked about this a little bit on the last episode, yeah. I think, about the April Fool's Day deal. But I don't know if we ever resolved like why you <laughs> why you played into the prank so well. I don't know. At the end of the recording. I have no clue why I I, I just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because Dan was like Oh yeah, I have, like said something about April Fools. He's like, "Oh yeah, we got to record a thing for the April Fools episode or whatever." And like, I think like, the okay. board. I think we turned the board off. Yeah, and you turned it back on. Put your headphones back on. Yeah. <laughs> and we're and then even in that, Dan was like, he's and "I was like, like ha ha, gotcha." It's episode one eighty nine. It's not episode. Yeah, and Dan, Dan was like, "You'll be hearing the regular episode." After this one comes out I or something, even, Indian, yeah, and you were just—I like, wasn't even picking. And you're just up like, on "Happy it. April Fools, everybody!" <laughs> not even, not even picking up on it at the time. That's why when I said back to Dan, I'm like, "Oh fuck you! I see what you did." <laughs> well, it was really funny too because so I don't know if we talked about this before, but we have a little on Facebook. I've created a, a instant messenger chat between the three of us for mm-hmm. Godless Revolution, and. So Ryan first tried contacting me on that and sent a message and just put a screen cap of, I think there's something wrong with the episode. And well, that was before I listened to it. My my mom had sent me the message. (laughs) So, so I got that during the middle of the day and it's just, it's just a screen cap. And you said, I think there's something wrong with the episode. And I glanced at it and I chuckled to myself. (laughs) I bet you did. And then I I continued working. (laughs) So I'm like, well, Dan's not responding. We got the wrong episode out. Let's go to the Facebook. (laughs) So, so then when I don't reply to the Facebook thing, I don't know. It was like maybe an hour and a half, two hours later, you sent me a text message with basically the same thing, the screen grab and, and whatever. And I think I just replied like, well, what's wrong with it? Yeah. Because all you said was, I think there's something wrong. And you had a screen grab of it. And then you're like, well, it's only like 13 minutes long. And I think it's only me. Because that's, that's, that's what my mom had told me. <laughs> then, when, then what I listened to is when I sent a text back to you later, I'm like, oh, I fucking see what you did. <laughs> Asshole. Oh, my God. That was 
when Matt sent me the first message, he's like, yeah, I'm going to cut it out so it's just Ryan. And I laughed so fucking hard. Because at first I was like, I was like, shit, we should do an April Fool's episode where we just totally cut Ryan from the whole episode. (laughs) And then I'm like, wait, no, we should do one that's only Ryan. Because I have the most eloquent things to say. (laughs) No. I laughed so fucking hard when you sent me that message. Like. I texted Tracy. I'm like, come here. You got to see this. And she came up and we just giggled our asses off at well, how just the, how, how funny just the idea was. Cause I knew when I, cause I remember that night after later on thinking, I'm like, well, fuck Matt did get there before I did. And he wasn't in his car. Usually he sits in his car, uh-huh. but when I got there, he was already in the house and they're already talking. I'm like, were they conspiring? They're conspiring collaborators. <laughs> they were colluding. It was already done by then. Though. <laughs> wasn't it? Oh yeah, you had well, you had just given me the yeah. thumb drive. Now I know. <laughs> oh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, what else? What else have you got for us tonight, Matt? Are baby boomers returning to religion? Ooh, my mom's gonna be pissed. Possibly. About what? Baby boomers. Why does she hate them? No, she. <laughs> you, she is one. Oh. So she's going to be pissed that we're doing a story about baby boomers? If you if it's a negative one, yeah. It's always negative. <laughs> yeah. It's me. It's baby boomers True. for Matt, yeah. But I don't know how many times I have to excuse her from the group. Every time. Yeah, okay, apparently. We know you're an exception, Mrs. Duffy. That's why I always say, sorry, mom, I'm going to say the word cunt. <laughs> uh, many in the baby boomer generation known for ushering in an era of protests that brought about transformative change in American society. Uh, so says Vincent Lim, but they didn't really, uh, as I outlined in my, what, what matters piece, cause the oldest boomers were seniors in high school in 65. Uh, but they're all too happy to take credit, however. And this is in my thing. Hashtag not Lori Duffy. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that mom? It's not about you. <laughs> uh, are increasingly turning to churches, temples, and mosques to find meaning in their later years of life. This is the major finding from the latest wave of data collected from the Longitudinal Study of Generations, which was originally developed in 1970 at USC by then Assistant Professor Vern Bangston. Bangston has collected a a ninth round of data in this 45-year study. Wow. The research was funded by the John Templeton Foundation. Don't know. Uh, The John Templeton Foundation, at least according to Wikipedia, because I figured people might not know, is, yeah. is a philanthropic organization with a spiritual or religious inclination that funds uh, interdisciplinary research about human purpose and ultimate reality. So not, they're, I mean, they're well, trying to could, justify I guess it could still be. They, they are not an unbiased source. Okay. That's at, yeah. at all. They probably would have a religious bent to them. Yeah. Well, and it, it, it uses the word philanthropic as if they're doing these things as a good deed. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. That they're contributing to the community. Out, yeah, but yeah. They they have an but, agenda, but yeah. every every religion calls themselves a ph- philanthropic or a charity or yeah. You know, it's, yeah. Uh, many people became more engaged in religion and more involved in religious activities as they approached the end of their life. Bangston said. Um, Bangston and his former USC colleague Merrill Silverstein were investigators on the recently completed three-year project that aimed to better understand how baby boomers identified with a religion and practiced it, as well as how it affected their well-being. 
One of the things we found in our study of baby boomers, particularly among the older boomers, was that many were many are now more likely to be churchgoers or engage in spiritual practices than they did in their middle years. One in five of the 599 boomers in our study reported they had increased their religious or spiritual activities in recent years. Just it just it just reeks of disingenuous self-preservation to I me. I mean, that- oh yeah. Just spend your whole life doing whatever the fuck you want. And then at the very end, you're like, oh, that's what my dad is doing. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah I but know. by increase, by increase, by how much? Like it could be, hey, I used to not go to church on Christmas or Easter, but now I do. Yeah. So I it, go twice could, a year versus it could be that, once a year. But yeah. I, I, I bet it's more than that, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bankston and his research team discovered three factors that may explain why some baby boomers are more religiously involved as they age. The first is the most practical. People simply have more time in their retirement years and are not preoccupied by full-time work. Uh, The other reasons are more personal. An example is the growing sense of impermanence that comes with age. People become more aware of the shortness of years in their remaining life. Many of them want to set their house in order, so to speak, at the end of the life. The third reason is connected to this awareness. It, it's the direct experience of the fragility of life. Many people experience a health crisis that actually brings them closer to death, uh, causes them to reassess what's truly important and what is much less important. Yeah, my dad had the mm-hmm. medical situation, which causes them to rethink their life. But for him, he's determined that what's most important is that he go back to church rather than, you know, just being a good person yeah. right? and connecting <laughs> just show with up. the people in your life and being good and kind to them and everything. Because really, if God is good and just and righteous, then that should be what God would want you to do versus licking his, the soles of his fucking feet. But, well, but actually, the latter is what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bangston is expected to find clear gender di- differences among baby boomers. But he didn't. Uh, Findings from numerous research studies suggest that women tend to be more religious than men. This is reflected by women's higher rates of church attendance and membership among the general population, uh, but not what Bangston found. In the study, we found that there uh, was not a major difference between men and women in private religious practices, such as prayer and devotional activities. In terms of perception of religiosity among men men and women, there was no difference either. We asked people, would you say you're a religious? Would you say you're a spiritual person? We didn't find any differences in the percentages of men compared to women who identified themselves as religious or spiritual. So that's interesting mm-hmm. that they're, they're the baby boomers as a generation are, are yet again outside of uh, statistical norms. Hmm. Yeah, that's weird. I, I was just thinking that it, that it seems really weird to me too that women are generally more religious than men, particularly because women aren't viewed as equal to men yeah. as far as religions yeah. go and, and the teachings of or religious teachings, right? Mm-hmm. Women, women are the help meet to the man. They're, yeah. they're the accessory, if you will. They're, right. Right. they're not, they're not considered co-equal partners in things. The woman is there to support the man in what he's doing because he's obviously much more important yeah. than the woman. So it's always struck me as really weird that so many women are religious because ultimately, I guess it boils down to patriarchy. They're raised from their, from birth thinking that yes, women are less, 
but we still have an important role to fulfill. Yeah. That, you get to have the babies. That might yeah. be it, but they women are also more prone to woo than men. You think? Well, do you think, well, I think- I'm, I'm pretty sure that's uh, a studied- Well, I think they're more emotionally- Uh-oh. They're more <laughs> not emotionally sensitive, not not in a bad way. They're they're more tied to their emotions than just than than just pure logic. Well, it might be also Uh-oh. well that. But if I, I think there's, I, there's no, I, I'm trying I, to think I, of a good way to say this. But. I, I would say that I would say that that women in our society are um are more emotionally honest than men. That's, that's, that's where I was going to yeah, go with it. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. men and women both have the same emotions, but it's actually exhibiting those emotions and feeling free or allowed to actually exhibit those emotions because mm-hmm. yeah. men are more told, Hey, lock that shit up where it's like, Oh, if it's a woman crying, it's yeah. It's well, normal. and that's a problem of, of, of patriarchy. patriarchy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> We're not crying. <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> no. Yeah. It, but you did cry on the last one, didn't you? Close. Uh, okay, close. Pretty fucking close. It sounded yeah. like it. Yeah. It was, but it was then pretty close. He remembered his patriarchy and he hit it. <laughs> I was like, I'm a man. I can't do this, especially in public. Or on a recorded something that people will hear. In public. <laughs> uh yeah. Um Yeah, it was close. Uh yeah, I I mean I my grandfather and I that's that's why I like golfing so much. That was that was the one special thing that we kind of shared together. You know, mm-hmm. when I was when I was a young kid, he's he and my grandmother are the ones who paid to send me off to the Brigham City Golf Course for golf lessons. You know, I'd go and stay with them in the summer for a couple of weeks and would take golf lessons and they'd pick me, you know, they'd take me to the golf course early in the morning and drop me off and come and pick me up afterward and then he and I would go golfing and you know, he and me and my grandmother would go golfing. Uh, we were the first people, as far as I know, and I would guess this is an accurate thing to say regardless, uh, we were the first people to hit golf balls out onto the new uh, golf course that they built in Brigham City. They they used to have just an old municipal course that was mm. a nine-hole course, and they built this new 18-hole golf course when they closed the Indian School in Brigham City. That's racist. That's what it was called, was the Indian school. There's a big I on the side of the mountain for Indian school that's still there like uh. 30 fucking years later, 35 years later. But they closed the Indian school and shipped them to various parts unknown. I don't know. And then while they were building the golf course and still just, you know, bringing in truckloads of dirt and mm. building hills and fairways and everything before they had planted grass, before they'd done anything. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of funny because it was actually from the front lawn of the LDS church across the street from the golf course that we were putting our tees in the ground and smacking golf balls and hitting them out onto the golf course before anything was done. So, so wait, so that was they, one of my favorite memories so of my they, grandfather. They had the whole course graded, ready to go, and they come into Lay Sod and some asshole put a bunch and of fucking balls on it. A bunch of fucking golf balls out here. <laughs> and they're trashy golf balls too. <laughs> I think I think they were actually range balls from the that, other golf course that, that my stolen. grandfather had stolen <laughs> and that we were then hitting onto the new golf course. Wait, so what was that a school for Native Americans that was yes. just called Indian? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
And yeah, so they was, decided just to tear that down and ship them off to who knows where so that rich, spoiled white guys can have their golf. Yeah. yeah. I, honestly, I don't, I don't know the whole history of the Indian school there. Um, I remember when I was a kid, growing, this is something that I should probably look up because I can remember when I was a kid, um, you know, Brigham City's a tiny fucking town. Well, it's gotten quite a bit bigger since I was little, but yeah. at the time, you know, I was born in Brigham City. My parents lived there. My grandparents, a bunch of my family still lives there. And it was just this tiny little podunk town with like one grocery store, one one or two restaurants, tiny, like small town America. Everyone knows everybody. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And they had the Indian school there and everybody in Brigham was racist as fuck when it came to Native Americans because they had the Indian school there and, you know, living conditions there weren't ideal and there was a lot of crime associated with it and everything. And yeah, I don't, I, I don't know really the history of that, like how it came to be, why it went away, what happened to the kids, anything like that. That's something that I should look into. Well, we know the, the Mormon church has always been excellent stewards for Native Americans. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They've, They've they've always taken care of them. Yeah, not, not just Native Americans, but but African Americans, African Americans, Polynesians. Yeah. Oh. oh, oh! I was just going to continue with different, different, <laughs> different classes of people that the Mormon Church has fucked with, but I guess we got a segue. <laughs> yes. Speaking of African American, Af- oh yeah, Africa Americans, and the LDS Church, uh, we uh. have a couple stories about that. I want to punch that lizard-headed fucking right in the face. Hey, a new slur. All right. I didn't know black people were called that. <laughs> no, well, <laughs> he changed the page. It had the fucking <laughs> LDS guy on the screen. Oh. <laughs> that guy. That guy. Doesn't he look a little lizardy? The new prophet? Yeah, President, sure. President Nelson? Yeah. You know who he looks like is, and I fucking hate this guy, Jeff, well, I don't hate him. I really dislike Jeff Dunham. Oh, oh yeah, and his comedy, his pu- old guy puppet. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Yeah, he looks like what is the old Walter? Uh, Walter? Yeah, 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 yeah. He does. That's he does funny. rather look. Uh, like Jeff that. Dunham bothers me to no end. Like I yeah. don't think he's funny. I don't he's think not. he's a good ventriloquist. He's <laughs> really just kind of fucking shitty all over. Well, he's a good ventriloquist. Is he? I mean, every I time see I've his, seen him, I can he, see his throat moving, his mouth moving. Yeah, but I didn't know it was him. You thought the dummies were really talking? <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nelson looks like Walter. Mm-hmm. He does. Jeff Dunham's angry yeah. old man. He's even got the hair on the sides. Puppet. Yeah. Uh, but the LDS church is planning to celebrate an end to the ban on blacks entering the priesthood. Their own end to their own ban. Right. Yeah. Which they were kind of forced to do because of the civil rights movement. So this is a big ass. Well, they were really the fucking back. late if they were part of the civil rights ha- movement. I mean, have they ever been on time? <laughs> well, this is more than a decade after yeah, it the was civil a, rights like, act. What, so 73, 74, 64. They- and the Mormons ended their yeah. ban on blacks entering the priesthood in 78, 78. Holy shit. That's yeah. even more than 10 years. Yeah. yeah. I, thought, I thought it was early seventies. They did it. So this is just a big pat themselves on the back session. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So this comes to us from the Salt Lake Tribune, and it's written by Peggy Stack, who reports on Fuckery. all things religion here in the here in the United States, here in Utah for the Salt Lake Tribune. And she writes that on an otherwise unremarkable day in June, nearly four decades ago, the LDS Church made a momentous declaration 
It was opening its priesthood to all worthy males, ending a century-long ban on black men and boys being ordained and on black women being allowed in Mormon temples. That June 8, 1978 change was a divine revelation, top LDS leaders said at the time, which came after much prayer and meditation about the prohibition. Now, was that the case, or was it when they checked their pocketbooks, like, huh, we can make a lot more money if we let blacks in? I think that they just decided that there was time they got with, with the, the times. times. Yeah, it was yeah. probably it was probably more internal social pressure uh, that the that the upstanding white members were starting to. I don't wonder what that was all about, and how you know talk about it being unfair or whatever. I don't know about that because yeah. even like the white evangelicals back in the late seventies, I think were still fairly fucking racist. Oh, oh yeah, they still are, yeah, and they still are. Yeah, talking like it was worse then than it is now. Yeah, they're still super fucking racist. If you ever are in a room with very devout LDS people, uh. And they feel comfortable just being themselves around you. Mm -hmm. You would be shocked at how fucking racist they are, uh, like at their core, like yeah. as a as a core part of the religious teachings mm -hmm. from their church. Super fucking racist. Yeah, I am constantly shocked whenever I'm in a room with a large group of LDS people about the things they talk about amongst themselves. It's fucking disgusting. Well, it's like I even had some friends ask me once, goes, where's where's a good place to go for a hike in uh, Moab? I'm like, well, there's a little spot just outside of town. It's a really nice, beautiful <laughs> hike. It's got a nice waterfall at the end. And it's an a canyon arch. named after a guy named and Bill. It's Yeah, it's a canyon. <laughs> and the name of the canyon is Negro Bill, which is better than it used to be called. Uh-huh. Even though I don't like calling it Negro Bill because it's still fucking horrible. Then I'm like, now I'm like, I fucking can't. It's much better than calling it Nigger Bill Canyon. Yeah, but I still can't say but it. But still, it's, it's like totally fucking racist. And then they changed it again last year uh-huh, to like Frederick Canyon. And everybody's like, why are they changing it to historical? Well, yeah, like, we, we talked like, about that on yeah, the show like, when they did well, it, yeah. That's the guy's actual name. Uh -huh. And next it'll be Lizard Bill Canyon. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, continuing on with the story, the church's governing first presidency said Monday that it will host a celebration June 1st at the conference center in downtown Salt Lake City to mark the 40th anniversary of that revelatory change. The event, details of which are yet to be announced because I'm sure somebody at the church just realized, oh, wow, we're coming up on 40 years. We should uh, probably do something about that. Alert the press. Well, we don't have any plans. That's okay. Alert the press. Everyone we're thinks, in Utah. They'll give us glow. They'll give yeah. us a glowing write up about this. Everyone yeah. thinks we're racist still. Let's prove we're not. Yeah. Uh, but it's set to be broadcast from the church's conference center at 7 p.m. on June 1st. To LaShawn Williams, a black Mormon, the celebration is a, quote, step in the right direction. <laughs> I've never understood. Uh how someone can be black and a Mormon. It just doesn't fucking work in my head. It's worse than being a woman who is Mormon. Yeah. And to be a black woman who is Mormon? What the fuck is wrong with you? Just Jesus Christ, Read man. the church doctrine. They hate you. <laughs> Williams, who teaches courses on social work at Utah Valley University, said, Consistency matters most to me after a historic celebration. 
if she really valued consistency, consistency, she would say they really ought to go back to banning us. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was their fucking history until 40 years ago. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, the LDS church is demonstrating a desire to listen and to do, she said, and my testimony will grow as it continues to do better. So wait, 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 she wait, basically wait. just said that she has a problem with the church and that by them doing this, it'll make it a little bit better for her. And it's like, why the fuck are you a member, man? Yeah. And what does it mean to say that they'll do better? Yeah. I mean, you're, 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 you're saying that there's a not insignificant deficit in what's supposed to be a perfect plan, a perfect church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It took him like what? 140 years to say, okay, blacks, you're accepted now. Yeah. This yeah. is, this now is, they say still don't feel accepted. This is God's restored perfect church here on the face of the planet. And they didn't allow blacks to hold the priesthood until 40 years ago. And most Mormons still are super, super fucking racist about it. And most Mormons still believe that if you are a good Mormon and you follow the teachings in the, in the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants, that your skin will continue to get more white and delightsome. And I know that the old, and I know that the church changed the, the Book of Mormon yeah. fairly recently to change that passage from saying white and delightsome to pure and delightsome, which again calls into question what's pure and. If that, Joseph Smith, that's a synonym with white. Yeah. Yeah. And if Joseph Smith translated these right. books correctly by using the Urim and Thummim in a fucking hat from the golden plates, did Joseph Smith fuck up during the original translation? Like, if that's the case, then how can you believe anything Any that's in the book? Because yeah. all of it could be a fucking mistake. Or when God told him that he should use white and delights him, did he not see this coming? Right. Yeah. Yeah, was it a stupid God, a stupid translator, a stupid church now, or stupid people who are black women in the fucking church who acknowledge that there are issues with the church that they're uncomfortable with, but nonetheless decide to stay in it anyway? That's fucking crazy. I've, I don't I don't understand it. Uh, the story continues and says the LDS church is demonstrating a desire to listen and to do. No, they're oh, not. Oh, we already said that. Uh, Darius Gray, one of the founders of Genesis, a support group for black Mormons, which is funny that they need a support group. Yeah. <laughs> Recently penned a blog for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints official website. Quote, I am black, an African-American convert who this year celebrates with millions of members the 40th anniversary of the priesthood being extended to all worthy male members. Gray wrote in Healing the Wounds of Racism. Since that time, church leaders have fully disavowed past speculation for why the priesthood was withheld, including the notion of blacks being less valiant in the premortal existence. Have they, though? So for those of our listeners who don't know and may not have heard us talk about this on previous episodes of the Godless Revolution, uh, the LDS Church teaches that in the premortal existence, so the premortal existence is the period before we're down here on Earth and before... Uh, God has sex with his spirit wives on Kolob to send the spirit babies here to inhabit our fleshy media exteriors, uh, that in the pre-mortal existence, uh, God sat down with his council and said, here's my plan. This is what I want to do for humanity or with humanity that I'm going to create. You guys tell me what you think which is fucking weird anyway. And then, yeah. <laughs> so, so then 
Mormon theology also teaches that Lucifer and Jesus were brothers in heaven and that when Lucifer saw God's plan, he said, no, that's a terrible plan. You're, you're giving them free will to be able to commit these atrocious acts and do all this different stuff. How about we just make sure that they can't do those bad things and that they have healthy, happy lives? And so then there was this war in heaven where Jesus had a bunch of followers follow him and Lucifer had a bunch of followers follow him. There was a war in heaven and those who fought on Jesus's side are fine. They're, they're great spirits here on yeah, earth. They're born the white LDS church. Yeah. They're, they're born yeah. as white people. They're born as white people into the LDS church. And those who still fought on Jesus's side, but less valiantly than, than the, the more valiant people who were fighting on Jesus's side. Well, they're cursed with a darkness. Yeah. They're cursed with dark skin and they're born as black people here on earth. They're, they didn't go to hell. They weren't cast out of heaven to live in outer darkness or hell with Lucifer, but because they fought less valiantly, well, we have to make sure that everybody knows, hey, you guys were with Jesus, but you weren't quite good enough, so we're going to make you black. Well, they, they, were, they were good enough. They were just lazy. Ah, they, right. They, yeah. didn't, they didn't kill us enough, enough people. Yeah. They, 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 they didn't they, slay enough yeah. spirit babies. Yeah, they weren't stab in happy the, enough. In the pre-mortal existence. Mormon theology is way fucking out there, yeah. man. It's, Most Mormons won't they, they won't talk about this kind of shit with you when they first when the missionaries come over to your house to to tell you how great their church is. No, that's how there are black converts. Right. Yeah, it's a sci-fi movie. It is. Literally. I mean, it, a lot of it is what Battlestar Galactica yeah. was based on. Instead of Kolob, it's Cobol. Yeah. That they're searching for a lot. Yeah, the Battlestar Galactica is based in large part on Mormon theology. Uh, it's all a bunch of weird fucking nonsense. Yeah. Um, let's see. I already read that. So still gray said racially insensitive comments and attitudes concerning persons of color have not all gone away yet. Really? Which is shocking. It can't because of what we just explained. It's, it's, it's part it's, of their core yeah. theology. Yeah. It's part of the very fundamental stuff that the, they believe about the preexistence and who Jesus and who Satan actually are. Yeah. Uh, the first step toward healing is the realization that the problem exists even among some of us in the church. He wrote, we cannot fix that which we overlook or deny, but he's basically overlooking it to become a member of this church. Or who denying that he's, it. Yeah. Who thinks that he's a lesser person? Clearly he's been marked. He has the mark of Cain. He has dark skin. That's, that's his problem. He didn't fight as valiantly in the pre-mortal existence. Gray and other black Mormons hope the 40th anniversary celebration will bring, quote, renewed awareness of how the LDS church has been enriched by its openness to members of all races. Sure, prior to 1978, blacks could be members of the Mormon church. Yeah, give us your they, money. Yeah, they could give them their money. They could volunteer. I mean, the, the LDS church is a volunteer-run organization yeah. for the most part. They have regular members clean their temples, do the lawns, do all of the fucking grunt work in the church. And so, yeah, sure, we'll have black people do that for us. That's fucking awesome. And you guys don't get the priesthood. What do you think about that? Maybe one day 
maybe one day if you keep on being, you know, really delightsome, then you'll also be white and delightsome. Which is weird because why are there any black, why are there any black members? I mean, no, what I, I don't know. No, no, what I mean is if, if the closer you get to being right, right, which would be following Mormon doctrine, going to the temple, which they can do now, All right, right. their skin should be lightning. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And yet you and I have left the church. And we're still pasty fucks. I'm, a, yeah, I'm about as white as you can get. <clears throat> Was Michael Jackson a Mormon? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he was. Well, That's a very good question, Ryan. We need to figure this out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought maybe it would be good to have Bryce on the show again sometime in the near future. Or before this happens, Bryce, to talk more about this. Blinkenagle. The Barkenagle. Barkenagle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he would be a fun guest to have on to talk about this. I haven't Indeed. heard him I haven't heard him talk about it on his show since this was announced. So maybe I'll shoot him a message and ask him about that. This is Natalie Newell of Science Moms and the Parenthetical Science Podcast. You are listening to the Godless Revolution. I'm glad this worked out. Yeah. Thanks for dropping first sight. Jesus, my board would have nailed me to a cross. Well, I think we're just about ready to get going here. Uh okay, oh, there he is. What's he doing here? He is here because I asked him to be. I want him to be one of our developers. What? No. Fuck that guy. Hey, man, how's it going? Richard? Didi. Yeah, no, no, actually, look. But guys, I, I asked you to be a part of this because I thought you were willing to take a chance on my idea, an entirely new internet. An internet that is everything the old internet is supposed to be, but isn't. Truly free and truly open. Well, I'm sorry, gang. Truly open means open to everyone, no matter how repugnant their views are, how ignorant or stupid, or to be honest, totally fucking wrong. And look, who are we to judge, right? There are some people out there that believe that we're living in a computer simulation. Well, that is supported by the evidence. What? Uh, it's basic probability theory. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! So on this auspicious day of April 20th, I saw an article that was written on April 13th. <laughs> or was it March 13th? A week ago. It could have been March 13th if, if you don't really pay attention to what I say at the very, very beginning of the show. What if you don't pay attention to what Dan says for the whole show? Uh, well, then I could just, I'll just be quiet. That's fine. Uh, this This comes to us from the Huffington Post. And it's fantastic news for our friends in the trans community. Yeah. That uh, judge threw out Trump's ban on transgender people in the military, saying that transgender people are a protected class in the military, cannot enact Trump's ban. Yeah, you would well, you would think that somebody in a reasonably high office would know simple rules and laws like this. Oh, you would think that for sure. Yeah, yeah. but he doesn't know jack shit about anything. Nope. Thinking has gone out the window. Uh, Washington, a federal judge late Friday barred the federal government from implementing Donald Trump's ban on transgender members of the military, finding that the ban had to be subject, had to be subject to a careful court review before implementation because the history 
of discrimination against transgender individuals. U.S. District Judge Marsha Peckman of the Western District of Washington ruled that transgender people were a protected class and that the injunctions against the implementation of the ban that had been issued in December should remain in place. She wrote that there was a long and well-recognized history of discrimination and systemic oppression against transgender people, that discrimination against transgender people was clearly unrelated to their ability to perform and contribute to society, Mm -hmm. that transgender people have immutable characteristics, and that they lacked relative political power. Mm -hmm. All of that is 100% true. Uh, quote, transgender people have long been forced to live in silence or to come out and face the threat of overwhelming discrimination, Peckman wrote. The court also rules that because transgender people have long been subjected to systemic oppression and forced to live in silence, they are a protected class. Therefore, any attempt to exclude, the, to exclude them from military service will be looked at with the highest level of care and will be subject to the court's strict scrutiny. This means that before defendants can implement the ban, they must show that it was sincerely motivated by compelling interests rather than by prejudice or stereotype, and that it is narrowly tailored to achieve those interests, yeah. Peckman wrote. Which they're not going to be able to do. No, well, hell no. It was because co- it's it was not totally about fucking that. biased. Yeah. 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 While Trump had tweeted that he consulted generals and military experts about the ban, Peckman wrote that the government had, quote, failed to identify even one general or military expert he consulted, (laughs) despite having been ordered to do so repeatedly. Uh, So he was sitting in the bathtub with his G.I. Joes. No, he wasn't in the bathtub. He was on the the fucking toilet tweeting about shit. I'm sure everybody, they'll they'll not understand if I say that I've spoken to the generals and to military authorities who said that this is a good idea because we... We need to support our troops. Oh, yeah, this is going to be good. This is how I'll really stick it to the trans community. <laughs> this is going to be great. It's it's interesting to see now how Trump has conducted so much of himself and his business over the years by just flat out lying about the people he has in his corner, the people that he's consulted. He just he just shows up to a deal, lies his fucking ass off about whatever he needs to get leverage, mm-hmm. and then takes off and then doesn't pay, you know? But now that he's being mm-hmm. asked to verify, uh, he can't he can't even do it once. Yeah, and he's pathological. He's yeah. a pathological liar. Yeah. He cannot not lie. Yeah. It's just who he is. It's what he fucking does about everything mm-hmm. uh, noting that Pentagon officials were surprised by the announcement and that defense secretary Jim Mattis got a heads up only one day beforehand. The judge wrote that she quote is led to conclude that the ban was devised by the president and the president alone. Mm. Maybe his religious advisor helped him. Uh, as Jim if Baker. he listens to any of his advisors really. I mean, yeah. Maybe to some tiny extent, but he's going to do whatever, whatever the fuck yeah. he wants to do. Sharon McGowan, a former top official in the, Justice, in the Justice Department's Civil Rights Division, who now works as Director of Strategy for Lambda Legal, wrote that Peckman, quote, cut through the nonsense, recognizing that the plan announced by the military was just a dressed-up version of Trump's original yeah. ban. Mm-hmm. Which got thrown out. And it has a tweet from Sharon McGowan that says, Judge Peckman cut through the nonsense and realized that there was no new ban, just the same old ban with some new packaging. Trans discrimination triggers strict scrutiny. 
full stop. Department of Justice gets one last chance to defend policy, but make no mistake, this ban is going down. Yeah. And it did. And that's a fucking great bit of news in an otherwise bleak landscape of devastation coming from the fucking Trump administration. Yeah. It's like I, we actually had a, a pretty good conversation at work the other day that kind of goes along with this a bit. Oh, yeah? Because uh, one guy said, why are there so many more gay people now? <sighs> and it's like, listen. Listen, there's, fuck truck. <laughs> there's not more gay people now. Yeah. Just there's more There's more visibility. Well, they, more people feel more comfortable the, the and ability okay and comfortable saying, with coming out. I'm, yeah. I'm gay. He goes, I'm like, you realize that a generation ago. They've always been there, asshole. Yeah. But a Just, generation ago, you could have been locked up in an insane asylum for being gay. Mm-hmm. You would have been targeted and arrested if you went to a gay bar. Mm-hmm. You were not allowed to be out in the public and and be in a be able to express yourself. Yeah. So I feel the transgender issue is going the same way. Right now, a lot of people who are transgender feel they can't go out in public. They can't express themselves the mm-hmm. way they truly are. But in the future, hopefully it'll go the same way where people are like, wow. Why are there so many trans people? Like, they've always been here. Just now they feel that finally they are allowed to actually express themselves. They're allowed to say, hey, this is who the fuck I am. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. Just next time when they say, why are there so many? Just say, because there's more people, dipshit. (laughs) (laughs) It's just statistically there are going to be more more, more diversity. (laughs) But I mean, the conversation actually came up because one of the guys at work goes, goes, it's like, I think my son's gay. Because I actually told him. I said, hey, if, if you like men, if, if you're gay, that's okay. Well, don't tell your – well, how old is his son? He's like 13. Hmm. But he said he, he – he, his son had a friend over at the house, and he went – they were in the basement together, and his son was like caressing the other boy's leg in a semi-sexual manner. He's like, oh, that's a little closer than I am with – my male friends, that's... He was doing... What? His son was humping another kid? No, 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 caressing like with his hand. Like, he was rubbing his... Like, caressing the other boy's thigh. Oh. Like, they were, like, boyfriend-girlfriend type thing almost. Oh, like an intimate touch yeah. on the thigh? Yeah. Yeah. That's why he said... He's, he told him, said, hey, you know, if you're gay, he's like, I'm not gay. I'm not gay. I'm, I'm no homo. Kind yeah. of thing that they like to say. Yeah. And he said, he goes, if, if you are gay, he goes, I... Don't have a problem with that. It's like I love you no matter what, and that's when the kind of conversation goes up. Came up like, haven't you noticed there's more there's more gay people now than there used to be? Oh, it's they like, were always there. Yeah, they just that, didn't feel comfortable telling other people. But but the guy kind of says like, yeah, you got a point. And wasn't being homophobic about it. I think he just that was the first thing that came to his head. I was like, wow, there's a lot more gay people now than there used to be. Yeah, it's like no, they've always been there. It's just now they feel comfortable actually allowing themselves to be public about it. Yeah. What were you going to say? You you started saying, don't tell your kid what? Uh, I was just going to make fun of the way Ryan phrased that. Oh, okay. Well, so, he did. He straight up said he went to his son and said, hey, if you're gay, it's okay. It's fine. You no, know, I know. Yeah. About it. But earlier you said he went to his kid of undetermined age and said, True. If, you, yeah. if you like men, and I'm like, whoa. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Some oh. kid liking men. I yeah. Get, okay. The, the candy truck is just fine. <laughs> I like vans. It's fine. <laughs> There's no windows to distract me f- yeah. from things on the outside world. Yeah. Well, that'll about wrap it up for us this evening. We'll be moving into the Patreon portion of the show where we will be talking about Pope Francis lying to a child about whether his ath- whether the child's atheist father, who has died and is dead now, is in heaven. 
Pope don't lie. Or in hell with all the other atheist sinners. Isn't the whole thing, isn't his whole deal based on lying to children? Pretty about much. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. And to get them in the back room. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll be doing that story and also covering Jesse Lee Peterson saying that lesbians are not mentally capable of raising children, which will come hmm. as a huge surprise to two of my favorite people huh. who I I was the efficient for their wedding and are very dear close friends of mine uh, who hmm. are planning to have a child very soon. Or even my sister who's raising twin boys. Right, yeah. We're on a farm. On a farm. <laughs> Actually, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're Tracy and I are trying to plan a trip with our friends. Like it's our last big hurrah before they get pregnant and, and have a child. We will, our, we want to get together and go and do something. And they're essentially as adults screwed and, for the rest of their life. Yeah. Yeah. Before they before they lock themselves into a eighteen plus year commitment. Yeah, that's when you go on the trip and go, you know how good you guys got it right now? <laughs> You're fucking yourself over. Yeah, but two of my favorite people on the in the whole wide world uh, are, are planning to have a child. Uh, the lesbian couple who I married, or who I was the efficient for their wedding. And so, yeah, that'll I'll have to explain to them that they're not mentally capable of having a child, according to Jesse Lee Peterson. Yeah, because, uh, you know, what, what we didn't know is that Jesse Lee Peterson has recently gotten a, a, D, a PhD in psych, psychiatry. Psych, psychiatry. <laughs> oh. Psychiatry. Yeah. <laughs> I met that guy once. <laughs> That'll wrap it up for us this evening. But before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. That would be Vanessa Robato, Michelle Short, <laughs> Christy Kalbach, <laughs> Newmania, Alan Firth, Kathias, Larry Wilson. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Say it. Nope. Say it. Matt, Dr. Dan's boss from the, t- from the TGR podcast, to whom he pledges loyalty. <laughs> Janet Uter. Let them eat Kothefi. Stephen Andrus. Jeff Peterson. Marius Kat Butrukowski. Utah Outcasts. Tim Jacobson. Matt Tuller. Megan Kennedy. Andrew Vodopich. Brandy Hamrick. Jeremy Goodson. Angelica Pearson. Wesley Aaron. Savita Kuna. The Purple Dragon. And Taylor Grin. Thank you all so very much. We really appreciate it. Yes. If you would like to become a Patreon supporter, we would like you to do that. You can do it very easily by going to patreon.com slash godlessrevolution, where you can pledge as little as $1 per episode for all kinds of fun extras. I will be publishing within the next few days for our lovely Patreon supporters a Patreon exclusive. It's a talk delivered by Shannon Inglet, who actually is the ex-wife of like small world and fun, fantastic, interesting things. Bill? No, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin Newman, who we've had in the ah. uh, studio uh, at least twice. At least twice. Maybe more on the show with us. Uh, it's his ex-wife who- Yeah, so just rub it in. Who grew up in a polygamist oh, yeah. family. I want to say cult, but I don't know for sure. And- so I'm going to be releasing this to our Patreon supporters 
because we plan to eventually have her in the studio or at least in an episode with us. I don't know if she'll be here in studio or be calling in via Skype or whatever, but we will be interviewing her for more information about her fascinating and riveting story about growing up in a polygamist family here in Utah. Uh, but I, so she recently spoke to, uh, for atheists of Utah. We host a monthly speaker event. And this month we had her on because April is, uh, uh, child, child harm awareness, child, child abuse awareness and prevention month. Jesus Christ. Sorry. It's late and, uh, I'm almost done with my cocktail, but we had Shannon speak on Sunday and she's a great speaker. It was a fantastic talk and she's just, she's super smart and funny and nice. And so I recorded that and we'll be releasing that as a Patreon, as a patron only episode here within the next couple of days. And then we will have her on the show in the near future to tell us more about that and her story, which is pretty interesting. I liked it very much. So we will be doing that. and. It'll be a lot of fun. And so until next time, crucify the patriarchy. <laughs> Leave a review and a Christian will cry. And rate the show five times a day toward COBOL. Feeling my way through the darkness Guided by a beating heart I can't tell where the journey will end, but I know where to start. They tell me I'm too young to understand. They say I'm caught up in a dream. Well, life will pass me by if I don't open up my eyes. So that's fine by me. So wake me up when it's all over. When I'm
out crazy on this. I one. know. I was trying to look at that, see who it is. I think it's you. I'm stepping back from the mic. Check, yeah. check, 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 Chugga, yeah. chugga, chugga, chugga. No, oh, I think it's, it's me. you. I think it's, I think it's, it's me. You, Dan. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> then my mom just posts a picture and says, this guy is funny. Me without a mustache. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, but looks aren't everything. I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna post that. <laughs> I'm gonna say fuck you guys. Looks aren't everything. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I meant it like in reference to you being looking funny. Yeah, <laughs> but it still sounds funny. <laughs> Intellectual Eric prides himself on being a connoisseur of arts and creativity, from gravestones to ballet. I think I'm well read. I think I'm well-spoken. I think I'm well above average. It is important to me to carry myself in a manner where people are going to say, you know what, he knows what he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) You don't know what you're doing. (laughs) We can do that and (laughs) We should should say something snappy like, We'll be right back with the Patreon section, but first, let me give it the hard sell. Do atheists go to heaven? <laughs> yes. I like the plan. Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs>